Opinions expressed herein are subject to change and not necessarily the opinion of the firm. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. The information presented herein is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide personal investment advice. It is important that you consider your tolerance for risk and investment goals when making investment decisions. Investing in securities does involve risk and the potential of losing money. The material does not constitute research, investment advice, or trade recommendations. And now introducing Mr. Keith Lanton. Hi, good morning again. Hope everyone had a uh, wonderful New Year's and is uh, ready to get started in 2021. Today is January 4th, 2021. First trading day of the new year. Great day to kick things off, get started, think about what it is that, uh, that we think about 2021, both from an investment thesis, personal thesis, life planning, Professional relationships, personal relationships, a uh, great way to uh, get started on this uh, Monday morning. So we're going to get started today, uh, going to talk about the uh, continuation of a theme that I started uh, last week, actually two weeks ago, um, regarding uh, mindset and happiness. Going to talk some more about that, going to talk about the financial markets, and uh, then Brad is, uh, is back uh, this morning. Uh, he's going to give us uh, some further insights into the markets, uh, especially the bond market. To get started this morning, something to think about here in uh, in 2021. Amazing that it's 21 years since Y2K, um, and that is uh, and that is how are our actions and how are ex- our personal expectations affect what we get back from others, what we expect from people and from ourselves. Importantly. Manifests, manifests itself in the words we use, and those words can have a very powerful effect. I'm going to talk about another research experiment. This was a team of researchers led by Robert Rosenthal at, uh, once again, at Harvard. Um, he went into an elementary school, and he administered intelligence tests uh, to the students to measure their intelligence. And then the researchers told the teachers in each of the classroom which students, uh, say Sam, Sally, and Sarah, the data had identified as academic superstars, the ones with the greatest potential for growth. They asked the teachers not to mention the results of the study to the students and not to spend any more or less time with them. In fact, they told them they were going to be monitored and would be observed to make sure they did not spend extra time with those students. At the end of the year, the students were tested again, and indeed, Sam, Sally, and Sarah posted off-the-chart intellectual ability. Sounds uh, what you would expect, except there's a twist to the story. Sam, Sally, and Sarah, um, when they were tested at the beginning of this experiment, in fact, were shown to be absolutely, wonderfully ordinary. They had been randomly picked uh, out of a list of the students. Uh, in fact, they were picked because they were uh, right in the middle and were uh, average students based on the academic test that they took at the beginning of the year. But after the experiment, they, in fact, uh, did turn out after taking the subsequent test at the end of the year to be academic superstars. And what this uh, illustrates is that the belief the teachers had in the students' potential had been unwittingly and non-verbally communicated to those students. Most importantly, these non-verbal messages were digested by the students and transformed into reality. So the expectations of someone else drove the performance of those individuals. In a separate experiment documenting the power of our mind and our mindset, a uh, team of uh, researchers in a psychological study uh, went out and met with the cleaning staff of seven different hotels. 
and they told those uh those maids and chambermaids that uh that and they divided them into two groups and they told one group they said um to them they told them how much exercise they were getting every day through their work uh how many calories they were burning by cleaning those rooms by using that vacuum cleaner by scrubbing those uh those rooms clean by changing those sheets and how similar those workouts that they were in fact doing every day in their jobs were similar to a cardio workout. The other half of the cleaning staff as the control group was given no such good news. At the end of the experiment, several weeks later, uh, the experimenters found that those who had been primed to think of their work as exercise had actually lost weight. Not only that, but their cholesterol dropped. These individuals had not done any more work, nor had they exercised any more than the control group. Just as your mindset about work affects your performance, so too does your mindset about your own ability. The more you believe in your own ability, the more it is likely that that uh, thought process will manifest itself in uh, the current uh, reality. Finally, one last experiment, and this experiment uh, talks about how what we focus on is what we see. We often think that we're very hyper-aware of all that's taking place around us. We see things in our peripheral vision, and we think that we are acutely aware of what is going on. But the reality is that our brains are limited in what we can focus on. In fact, scientists estimate that we remember only one of every 100 pieces of information that we receive. So in an experiment, what the scientists did to demonstrate uh, this, uh, this focus um, and some of you may have seen uh, this subsequently uh, on the Internet as this study has been uh, become very famous um, to demonstrate how our brains filter things out um, for us to focus on what we are concentrating on, um, even though we think we are not necessarily uh, eliminating many other factors taking place. Um, in this one experiment, um, a psychology team um, asked some volunteers to watch a video of two basketball games. Two basketball teams, one game, two teams. One team was wearing white shirts, the other one was wearing black, black shirts. And uh, in this experiment, they were passing the basketball around. As they watched, the viewers had to count the number of times the white team, uh, the white team passed the ball. About 25 seconds into the video, a person in a full-body gorilla costume walked straight through the action, traveling from right to left across this across the uh, basketball court. Unbelievably, when psychologists tried this out on more than 200 people, nearly half of them, 46%, completely missed the gorilla. They didn't see it. And what this shows is that, uh, is that uh, as, a, uh, as a construct of our human bio- biology, we miss an astoundingly large number of things that might be considered obvious. In essence, we tend to miss what we are not looking for. And this selective perception is also why when we are looking for something, we see it everywhere. And this is why it's important to focus on and to scan for the positive. Because when our minds are looking for the positive, we will see the positive. If our minds are looking for or, or concentrating on the negative, we will see the negative. So as 2021 begins, I hope that uh, all of you are able to uh, to recalibrate if, uh, if, if in fact you need any recalibration and are able to Try and focus and concentrate on the positive because what you focus on is what you will see. So getting started here with uh, the news flow this morning after a uh, another uh, strong week in the uh, financial markets and futures this morning. 
um, are looking higher. Uh, so building on the gains that we uh, that we uh, experienced at the end of last week and uh, and throughout the uh, final few months of last year, um, we are seeing uh, Dow futures up about 100 points, S&P futures up about 15, Nasdaq futures up about 60. Um, we're seeing strength in Europe, especially in uh, Great Britain following Brexit. The uh, FTSE is up almost 2.77%. Also, uh, lots of optimism there um, regarding uh, coronavirus vaccines. Um, the UK is going to be rolling out uh, the AstraZeneca shots in the race to stem uh, the COVID surge. Um, and they will be the first country in the world to uh, to be offering the AstraZeneca vaccine. Um, some other countries more hesitant as uh, still waiting on some clinical data. But the UK, given the surge in cases there, is taking a uh, less uh, patient approach. Um, in Asia, we are seeing uh, markets there uh, three quarters to one percent higher. Um, oil slightly lower this morning. Uh, gold is uh, up significantly and silver up significantly. Gold is up $46 an ounce. Um, we'll talk a little bit about inflation concerns being one of the themes uh, of 2020. Uh, silver is up about $1.19 this morning. And uh, the dollar is uh, is weaker this morning, continuing a uh, trend that we saw um, well into uh, the last several months of last year. A couple of other stories. Um, Ladbrokes owner is saying that uh, the, uh, which is Ladbrokes owner Entain, um, says that MGM's $11 billion, billion takeover uh, bid undervalues the company. Um, you may remember um, Ladbrokes is a uh, is a sports betting operator, um, and MGM was looking to uh, was looking to purchase them. Uh, they're British and use them as uh, as an entree into sports betting. And uh, Ladbrokes saying uh, that they feel the bid is too low. Um, also, uh, fueling some of the strength this morning or some factory uh, data indicating that the manufacturers across Europe as well as in Asia ended 2020 uh, demonstrating some uh, moderate moderate uh, moderate strength um, and uh, in particular some robust strength uh, coming out of uh, the Asian region especially uh, uh, in the regions near China um, as they rebounded more quickly um, from the coronavirus um, Tesla stock uh, up a couple of percent this morning um, as they strove to deliver 500,000 cars last year. They just missed the number, but basically, if you round it, they pretty much uh, met their target. I believe it was 499,500 some odd cars that they delivered, um, and uh, Tesla's extending its rally this morning. Um, and this is despite the fact that J.P. Morgan, while updating their target on Tesla this morning, it was previously at 90. Um, they upped it to 105, so still... Uh, far from a bullish call with Tesla trading north of 700, um, but that uh, that uh, price target not uh, having an impact, at least at the outset this morning. Uh, Centene and Magellan Health in the news, sent both uh, health insurance companies, uh, Centene said it would buy Magellan Health at a $2.2 billion deal, including debt, about a 15% premium to the closing price of uh, Magellan. Uh, the price being offered is $95 uh, per share. BioNTech, uh, the partner for Pfizer in the uh, production of the COVID-19 vaccine, saying that they are working flat out with Pfizer to boost production of the vaccine. Um, Pfizer stock up a couple of percent this morning. Um, over the weekend, um, reports that uh, the U.S. saying that they are going to delist uh, the three biggest telecom companies in China. 
um, and uh, from the New York Stock Exchange. Um, this is uh, China Mobile, CHL, China Telecom, CHA, and China Unicom, Hong Kong, symbol CHU. Um, the stocks initially traded down 5%. They rebounded. They're relatively flat. Um, the Chinese Foreign Ministry said the U.S. move was, quote, unwise, oppressive, and reflected how random, arbitrary, and uncertain U.S. rules can be. Um, important to note that uh, of these uh, three companies, uh, they have about 2.2% of their equity listed in the United States. Uh, most of the rest is uh, listed in uh, Hong Kong or China um, or in the uh, U.K., um, so the overall market capitalization trading here, while it is several billion dollars um, on a relative basis to their size, is uh, is relatively small. Uh, Delta Airlines in the news, the CEO saying in a memo on Friday, he the company he expects the company will be cash flow positive uh, by the spring. Um, Herbalife and uh, Icon Enterprises, um, Carl Icon, who had uh, bought a big stake in Herbalife uh, several years ago and had. Uh, gone toe-to-toe with uh, Ackman um, at Pershing Square regarding uh, Herbalife. Uh, uh, this move uh, uh, seen as uh, the end of that uh, battle, um, which by and large uh, Icon uh, was the victor in as uh, Pershing Square was short the stock. Um, but Icon exiting the position for about $600 million, selling the stock back to the company, giving up his five board seats uh, as well Um in in that uh, situation. Um, also, uh, this morning, uh, Coca-Cola um, being cut by uh, RBC to sector perform from outperform on the view that the stock is uh, is close to full valuation. Taking a look at uh, what's going on this week, uh, tomorrow, uh, January 5th, we have Georgia holding their special election for both of its Senate seats. Uh, the majority control of the Senate hangs in the ballot. Balance. Um, if uh, the Democrats win both seats, uh, they could uh, retake the Senate. Um, also on Tuesday, we get uh, the Institute for Supply Management releasing Manufacturing Purchases Index for December. That's expected to come in at 56.5, which is slightly below November's reading. Uh, Wednesday, we get the Federal Open Market Committee releasing the minutes for its mid-December policy meeting. Uh, we also have ADP releasing their national employment report for December, expectations for a gain of 200,000 private sector jobs. Thursday, um, get some uh, earnings. Um, we get ConAgra, Constellation Brands, Lab Weston Holdings, Micron Technologies, and Walgreens Boots all reporting earnings on Thursday. We also get the ISM releasing the Service Purchases Managing Index. Um, and we get uh, continuing jobless claims. And then on Friday, we get the uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics releasing the jobs report for December. We're expecting uh, consensus estimates are for 114,000 job increase in non-farm payrolls and for the unemployment rate to tick up to 6.8% from 6.7%. Um, moving on to Barron's. Uh, Barron's uh, fairly optimistic uh, on the equity markets. Um, largely on the uh, backs of all the stimulus we've seen from the Fed um, for 2021, um, although Barron's uh, suggesting we could see rotation um, in sectors and also expressing concerns about inflation risks in 2021. So again, just to summarize where we were last week, the Dow was up almost 400 points, 406 points. The S&P was up 1.43 points. The NASDAQ 
um, closed up about uh, six-tenths of one percent. Um, it was a modest finish to a tumultuous year in which stocks tumbled into a bear market and then embarked on a uh, vicious rally uh, to the upside. The S&P closed up 16 and a quarter percent for 2020. S&P has gained about 50% over the past two years, largest two-year gain since 1999. Dow is up just over 2,000 points, or about 7.25% last year, and the NASDAQ roared higher 43.6%. Small cap Russell gained 18.3%. Inflation didn't make much of a presence uh, felt, its presence felt in 2020. Um, but investors uh, are growing concerned uh, that 2021 may look different. Uh, 59% of respondents in a recent poll uh, said that they believe that inflation will accelerate in the coming 6 to 12 months. Since March, the supply of U.S. dollars has increased by almost 25%. In other words, about one in every $5 that exists today have been created in the past nine months. Monetary theory, which focuses on the uh, economic effects of changes in the monetary supply, um, is suggesting that we could see an increase in prices under such a massive expansion. Combine that with a surge in post-pandemic demand that could outstrip supply, government deficits that aren't going away, and a new Fed policy framework that will tolerate an increase in inflation. And it is possible that upward prices on pressure, upward pressure on prices may arrive sooner rather than later. If greater inflation lifts uh, market rates or spurs the Fed to step in with higher interest rates sooner than expected, um, the investment expectations are significant given that uh, the markets are not uh, anticipating that. The counter-argument to higher inflation is that uh, over the past decade, low inflation um, has shown us that uh, inflation is not just a monetary uh, phenomenon. We saw lots of printing in the 2009 crisis that did not lead to inflation. Uh, disinflationary structural forces, including an aging population that prioritizes uh, saving over spending, and technological improvements that reduce costs and boost productivity um, would be the counter-arguments for uh, higher inflation. Um, if we were to see this inflation manifest itself, uh, sectors that uh, do more poorly with inflation, things like utilities and real estate stand to lose, and uh, sectors like uh, financials, uh, specifically bank stocks, most of all stand to gain from a sustained pickup uh, in inflation. Speaking about, uh, speaking about investments uh, and uh, the best place uh, for your dollars in 2021, uh, Barron's uh, ran their cover story um, for the best places to find income in 2021, and Barron's acknowledging that and suggesting that the best places to uh, find a, uh, a cash flow um, aren't necessarily in uh, in the traditional sector of uh, of bonds. So where does Barron say uh, they think the best opportunities are in income? The number one spot. Um, is also what they would probably qualify as, uh, as, as also among the higher risk sectors, but they nevertheless, despite that higher risk, they think the risk reward is favorable, um, for energy pipelines. Um, saying the drop in oil prices and a growing aversion to the energy sector ham- hammered pipeline operators in 2020. Uh, the index, uh, following, uh, pipelines, uh, was down 32% last year. Um, Yet the industry is doing better than its stock suggests and could revive this year, particularly if oil prices if oil prices rise. Uh, Goldman commodity analysts uh, speculating that West Texas Intermediate could rise to about 60 from 
uh, just under 50. Um, the sector, um, even without those higher prices, is experiencing strong free cash flow at the current price of around $48. Um, and these uh, pipelines are currently yielding 8 to 10% in general, um, and that's uh, with the additional potential for higher commodity prices and volumes. Many pipeline companies began stock buybacks in the fall after some halted them in the spring in the wake of the pandemic. The number two sector favored by Barron's is U.S. dividend stocks, uh, stocks like Johnson & Johnson, J.P. Morgan, um, Coca-Cola, Cisco Systems, Walgreens Boots, um, Barron suggesting perhaps the uh, best way to uh, participate would be through ETFs. Uh, they mentioned the Vanguard High Yield Dividend, uh, Vanguard High Dividend Yield, VYM, Victor Yankee Mary. Uh, that yields about 3.2%. Uh, the ProShares S&P 500 Dividend Aristocrats, that's NOBL, yielding 2.2%. And then they mentioned the Columbia Dividend Opportunity Fund. This is an open-end fund yielding about 3.5%. Next, uh, they suggest taking a look at uh, overseas stocks, which have underperformed, um, specifically looking at uh, dividends uh, overseas. Um, they talk about some ETFs in international markets. They also mention GlaxoSmithKline, GSK, which yields just over uh, 5%. Uh, Next, uh, electric utilities, which had a disappointing year in 2020 despite the drop in interest rates, but 2021 could be better as investors gravitate towards the industry that is spending very heavily to develop renewable power. Um, they mention uh, Dominion Energy, symbol D, yielding 3.4%, Con Ed yielding 4.3%, and if, uh, if you prefer a diversified portfolio, the ETF XLU is yielding 3.2%. Next, they move on to uh, REITs, um, mentioning the Vanguard Real Estate ETF, VNQ, yielding about 4%. Uh, Simon Property Group, the beaten up mall developer um, and mall operator, SPG, yielding 6.2%. And uh, for those willing to take on more risk, especially in the uh, New York real estate market, which uh, has uh, structural problems that we're familiar with with the pandemic, um, they suggest looking at Vornado Realty Trust, symbol VNO, yielding 5.9%. Um, on the bottom half of uh, what Barron's is looking for in income, telecommunications uh, comes in sixth. The stocks like Verizon, um, and they mention AT&T, but express some concerns. Um, but nevertheless, uh, they acknowledge the high dividend yield. Um, also mentioned uh, number seven is convertible bonds, number eight, junk bonds, number nine, tax-exempt munis, um, which in general, um, on the longer end, yielding in the 2% range for higher quality munis, uh, perhaps even a little lower. Um, coming even behind munis is taxable munis, which uh, had a very strong year in 2020. Uh, then preferred stocks, uh, which they say have had a very strong year in 2020, now don't look as appetizing. And uh, the least uh, favorable sector in income they pick is treasuries with uh, the very low yields partly uh, held down by the Federal Reserve. A separate article, Barron's talked about seven value stocks that out, could outperform in 2021. Um, talk about a few, making the list uh, Bank America. Um, thesis here, if you get the inflation, higher interest rates, uh, trading at 14 times earnings, 1.5 times tangible book, um, cheap relative to its history. Um, also, Coca-Cola mentions, symbol KO, yielding a little over 3%. I did mention the uh, downgrade this morning. Um, on Coca-Cola, but uh, nevertheless mentioned in Barron's as a reopening play uh, for restaurants, stadiums, and other public venues. 
Um, also, weaker dollar benefits uh, Coca-Cola with their large international operations. Uh, CVS uh, mentioned uh, the drugstore chain. CVS, uh, they say, looks cheap, nine times earnings. Um, if the stock were to get to a 13 multiple, you'd be looking at about $106, a 55% uh, above the uh, previous close. And then one other stock, which I thought was interestingly mentioned in uh, in this article, and this is a list put together by Jonathan Boyer um, from Boyer Intrinsic Value Research, um, and that is uh, Walt Disney, which uh, has had a very strong uh, 2020. Um, but he suggests that uh, Disney, using a sum of the parts approach, um, he applies a multiple of 12 times to uh, estimated 2022 earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Um, and then, uh, and then you take a look at Disney's uh, non-streaming businesses, and he comes up uh, with a price target of 237. And he says there's even an argument for giving Disney an even higher target price uh, if you were to look at uh, the multiple that Netflix is getting on their streaming business and apply that to Disney you could come up with a price target uh, north of 300 uh, according to uh, his uh, his calculations another dividend paying stock uh, mentioned in uh, barons uh, that uh, that they focused on is merck yielding a little over 3% symbol mrk uh, merck missed much of the rally in 2020 despite its strong vaccine program it did remain far behind the leaders of the covid-19 vaccine development they chose to play a different game, and therefore they are now one of Barron's top 10 picks for 2021. Uh, Merck has been expanding its margins in a way unequaled among big pharma companies as it drives sales of cancer drugs like Keytruda and Linparza. Um, its cash flow was 10% uh, growth uh, last year, earnings per share growth 18%. And Barron says that margins will expand further after mid-2021 when Merck plans to spin off its women's health and primary care drugs into a company that will be called Argonon. Uh, the spinoff will heighten Merck's reliance on Keytruda, which grew sales 21% in the September quarter, counted for 30% of the company's uh, revenue growth. Um, but Merck also has other cancer products with strong sales, such as Linparza and Lenvima. Clinical trials are steadily expanding the kinds of cancers that these drugs uh, can and will be able to treat. Um, vaccines, um, although not a COVID vaccine in the near term, but vaccines remain a big business for Merck. Uh, Merck uh, has the uh, Gardasil shot for preventing infection by HPV. And uh, next year, Merck will have clinical trial results on its latest, latest generation of vaccines for preventing respiratory infections in babies and the elderly. Other clinical trials that might deliver good news include a heart failure drug and new antivirals against HIV. Uh, Merck has applied its shares to paying dividends and repurchasing stocks. Um, analysts uh, are expecting that uh, if you include the Argonon spinoff um, and the uh, current Merck uh, earnings, that uh, you could see earnings approach $7 a share um, by 2022. Stocks trading around 79 um, so if you put a 15 multiple on that, you can get a share price uh, just over $100 uh, per share. Last company I mentioned before I turn things over to Brad is an old industrial stock that uh, has uh, fallen from grace, um, and that is uh, General Electric, GE. Uh, but GE in the news because uh, they have uh, just developed uh, a monster wind turbine called the uh, Haliad X. Um, this is a uh, wind turbine that uh, they just uh, launched in Rotterdam's harbor. It's so large, it's difficult to photograph, 
the diameter of its rotor is longer than two American football fields end-to-end. Uh, later models will be taller than any building on the mainland of Western Europe. Uh, the giant whirling machine in the Netherlands is a test model for a new series of giant offshore wind turbines planned by GE. Um, GE has yet to install one in the ocean, um, but that is uh, the plan where these turbines will ultimately uh, wind up. Um, and these turbines have uh, really started turning heads in the wind generation business. This prototype is the first of a generation of new machines that are about a third more powerful than the largest already in commercial service. And it is changing calculations of wind equipment makers, developers, and investors. Uh, these new turbines, uh, these new windmills, uh, will have the generating capacity that would have been unthinkable about a decade ago. A single one of these windmills will be able to turn out 13 megawatts of power. That is enough to light up a town of 12,000 uh, homes. General Electric uh, has been uh, also uh, getting a... Uh, Several other, uh, several other wins, so to speak, in the, uh, in the wind turbine business. On January 1st, uh, December 1st, uh, they reached a preliminary agreement to provide turbines for Vineyard Wind, a large wind farm off of Massachusetts, and it has deals to supply 276 turbines into what is likely to be the world's largest wind farm at Dogger Bank, which is, uh, off, uh, the coast of, uh, Great Britain. Turn it over to, uh, Brad, give us some more insights. Uh, good morning, Brad. Morning, Keith. Morning, everyone. Thanks. Uh, happy New Year to everyone. I, I know that we're all so happy to have uh, 2020 in the rearview mirror, uh, but we all know that you know for the next couple months we're going to be challenged here, and that uh, the turning of the calendar is uh, just in date only. Uh, there's still tremendous unrest in the country in so many different areas, uh, but incredibly, the one area that seemed to ultimately go unscathed were were our markets. And uh, there was just so much monetary stimulus last year uh, to support these markets uh, that you just ultimately could not fight the Fed. Uh, we do enter 2021 with record high stock prices, near record low bond yields, and uh, just uh, a, a lot of uh, political uncertainty. Uh, there is no question that municipals are extremely cheap on a relative basis to almost everything, uh, but but the low yields get tougher and tougher to stomach. Uh, the biggest le lesson uh, that I learned from last year is to be nimble. No one's smarter than the market. Probably learned that, uh, I probably learned that every other year of my life. Uh, and uh, hopefully this year, when there is a correction, uh, we'll be able to handle it uh, better one, one year wiser. Uh, so set your game plan. Stay your course. Uh, when there are sell-offs, obviously take advantage of that opportunity, especially when they come munis, which are already cheap uh, relative to treasuries. Uh, but if we get any real dislocation uh, like we had last year in March or April, uh, we've learned over time that these opportunities are, are they come maybe once, once a year and uh, take advantage of them. Uh, let's keep an eye on the stimulus. Uh, with regards to munis, in particular, state aid. Uh, states and municipalities are going to have a very tough time without help. Uh, I ultimately believe that there will be help uh, from, from the federal government. And uh, apropos to that, uh, everyone still needs to watch the credit of their, of their bond portfolios because municipals, uh, the downgrades will most likely continue. I, I believe that the rating agencies have moved slowly on the downgrades, uh, and without uh, without state and local aid, 
the downgrades will most likely continue. So just be careful. If uh, if if uh, an issuer had a problem before the pandemic, uh, their pa- their their problem is probably two to threefold now. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Also, obviously, uh, as as Keith had mentioned before, uh, let's keep an eye on inflation uh, rates. We're slowly starting to creep up. The tenure was heading up towards 1%. Uh, I think that would be healthy for uh, the markets to see slightly higher rates, uh, not, not a complete crash of rates, meaning really higher rates. But uh, as we generally, and in an orderly fashion, move to higher, higher rates, I think that's healthy for everyone, uh, especially uh, the bond-buying investor. And I wish everybody a great year, health, happiness, and uh, prosperity. That's everything I've got. Thank you for listening to Mr. Keith Lanton. This podcast is available on most platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Pandora. For more information, please visit our website at www.heraldlantern.com.